You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. The Flames run out of time, and this loss will be a tough pill to swallow for the Flames. Kraken come from behind to win by a final score of 5-4. to four. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Good morning. It's Wednesday. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Be careful if you're out there driving. They, they like to say on the, do they say this on, on the on the news side of things? Uh, pack your patience in the morning. Do they say that? I hate that. Yeah, you know where patience is in my suitcase right next to go F yourself. That's <laughs> you you got to hear Trace St. John in the afternoons, George. Oh, He's got some good ones. You'd Pack your patience today. Oh, really? Thank you. I will. Wow, that changes everything. Oh, somebody just cut me off <laughs> in this snowstorm. No problem. Just go ahead, sir. Thank goodness I packed my patience. Oh, oh there it is. Good thing I brought patience for lunch today. Oh man, that was. How about you punch yourself in the face? Yeah. Um. Just be careful. Just careful. It's the it's the first significant snowfall of the season. Always slick. Yeah. Always chaotic. I think a lot of people haven't put their winters on yet. I haven't. Nope. See, nope. and that's why I mean a lot of sliding around here. Just so busy, George. Just be looking careful. at the calendar. So expensive. It's just, oh, it's just yeah. so busy. You guys are busy. You guys are movers and shakers. Got to go back to Stamps practice today. Oh, well, that'll be a fun goodness. one. We're playing around in the snow. Uh, frolic. I you can frolic. I don't know if they're going to be in the snow. I feel like they might go in the bubble because they're going to play in the bubble in BC. Yeah. So oh, why would you practice outside if you exactly. can practice in the bubble? The shoulder dice bubble. Yeah, the new one. Oh, okay. okay so brand yes. new. So why would it? Yeah. We'll talk I, hope, to I hope so. It's going to be cool. We'll ask Dave. We'll get the inside, inside loop. Yeah, we'll talk to our man, uh, the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, at 7 o'clock. Frank Cervalli, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff at 7.30. Derek Wills, the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. Wolf, last night, Flames lose 5-4 to the Kraken. They score two goals 17 seconds apart early in the third period. You're like, okay, finally, take care of this bad Kraken team. Just impose your will on them, and then all of a sudden, womp, womp, uh, the Flames just fell apart. First period was ugly. You and I were there. Down at the dome last night for the first two periods of hockey, um, very disjointed in the first period by the Calgary Flames. A lot of new lines, a lot of new combinations, things thrown in the blender a little bit, and felt like the Flames were sleeping there in the first period. Yeah, they were all over the place. You have those new lines in place, and the Kraken aren't necessarily the the best team in the NHL to go out and play with some new lines because. The way that they track backwards, the back check, and the way that you never really feel like you get an odd man rush against them, and if you do, you've got someone breathing down your neck on the back check. It just makes it difficult to kind of get out there, have some easy plays, a couple of nice, simple rushes up up the ice. That's not really available when you're playing the Seattle Kraken, and I totally agree. Throughout the first period, there was not a lot going on through the neutral zone. Neither team was really able to muster a whole bunch of shots. Uh, the Kraken ended up with that one lead, the the Carson Soucy goal, um, with just a you know talking about tracking back in the neutral zone. I thought that was a play where the Flames fourth line tracking back in the neutral zone didn't pick up the proper guy, and all of a sudden Soucy's got a an unimpeded shot through the neutral zone. You're down one nothing. So disjointed in the first for sure. Um, there were some flashes of things that you say, okay, there might be something there perhaps, but um, definitely left you wanting after that first period for both clubs. Um, Tyler Toffoli was mm. pretty good last night. I liked him. Probably his best game of the season. And uh, you and I talked about it. Uh, it's been a big talking point in the city. That second line with Lindholm and, that's right, Milan Lucic. And even Daryl talked about a postgame. Really liked that line, but I don't know how much... What's the leash on those three together? Like, I guess they played well last night, um, but Lucic gave away the the game-winning goal there on that turnover on his own blue line, which was just a very sloppy play. I don't know how long those guys will be together because seeing it live, 
speed was a bit of an issue last night for those three guys. And that's just what it's going to be. But I liked some of the physicality that Lucic brought, especially on that one shift where he had like three hits. Back to back to back on Everlay and Beneers. Yeah. There was one in the defensive right. zone as well. But coughed up that play late and didn't love that. And that was just that's just an ugly loss last night. And I know Lou talked about it last night post game. Maybe this team has to get on the road to kind of right the ship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Still five and three on the season. Some impressive wins and some bad losses, but two goal lead on home ice in the third period, not ideal uh, to lose a game to the Seattle Kraken that way. And I don't really fault Dan Vladar last night, but you got to get a save sometimes. You know, when your team's not playing the best and you got some mistakes and there's a shorthanded breakaway, I know it's a breakaway. Sometimes you need to save. From your goaltender. Yeah, like that's that's kind of where I come down. You don't have to stop the Gord one and the Matty Beneers one and uh, whichever one it was there uh, early on in the third that also the uh, Sprong goal. The the Sprong goal as well. Love's, that love was the one. His name, that was Daniel the, Sprong. That was the one on the power play. That one I I have literally zero. That was a beautiful with. shot too. Yeah, and and that one I had a lot more issue with the back to back penalties taken by the Flames, but on the other two goals. Yeah, if, if if he stops one of those, how does that change the perplex the the entire look of the game? Yeah, right. It's it's one of those where <laughs> there's a lot of breakdowns that happen ahead of that moment that lead to the instance. So in that sense, I always have a hard time hanging that on a goaltender. It's not like a a, a harmless play coming down a two on two rush from the boards that beats him just over the pad. Right, like those are those are stinky. These were a couple of very nice plays. Gord on a breakaway, Beneers on a cross-ice feed with speed on the rush. If you get a save there, you're ecstatic. When you don't get one, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, like that that stretch of basically 4 minutes 55 seconds where it was boom boom boom, you've gone from a two-goal lead to a one-goal deficit. I wrote in my notes like I felt like that that was pretty much it. There wasn't a lot of juice in the building yesterday. We weren't getting a lot of life in the, in that sense. You know, Nikita Zadorov tried to get in a fight earlier. It was it didn't go well. Not great. No, it was a lot of hugging, and then he ate some uppercuts, and yeah. and that was that. Penny's brother gave it to him. Like like Zadorov doesn't fight a lot. Like he's a guy who's big, and and he'll but, stick up for his teammates, yeah. but he doesn't necessarily scrap a lot. And Alexiak scraps. Quite a bit. Like, that's one guy who knows what he's doing, one guy who doesn't, but the tail of the tape but is again, very similar. But again, you could see, like, his teammates uh, loved when oh, they came out of the box. Yeah. Everybody came by and tapped him on the shin pads before he got back to the bench. Um, the Nazem Kadri goal was an incredible individual effort. Great. And that was something that uh, we focused on the goal by McDavid, that Markstrom, uh, when he tried to go play the puck. But that was an instance where, obviously, you're not going to hear it today, um, but Vladar going out there and headmanning the puck, that created that goal because he got out of his net, stopped the ring around, uh, rim around, and there you go. Quick up to the defenseman. Yeah. That, the Flames that's finally what they hit. want. Then the, for the first time, or one of the first few times of the game, the Flames were able to come through the neutral zone with speed because the Kraken were going on a change. They hit the line with four guys wide, bump it out to Toffoli. Lots of speed, great pass to Zadorov. And then the Kadri one, it's it's just a an outstanding play by him, getting the puck behind the net, going all the way up, the end to end rush, makes a couple good plays on a couple of on Matty Beneers, Vince Dunn, and even Adam Larson really had a chance to get him before he got the rebound shot crowd. So there was a few instances in there for sure where you like what Vladar is doing as far as playing the puck. And I thought it was a solid game. Like you're not hanging it on him at all. But I, I totally agree. Like that was a moment in the game where you say that's that's what you want out yeah. of that play that happened well, against Jacob Markstrom. Well, the, the the funny thing is, I think that just horrendous, um, abysmal, just terrible challenge by the Kraken for goalie interference when Nazem Kadri scored. Whoever made that call uh, for the the Kraken up top, the video judge probably needs to have a long hard look at the mirror. In what world? In what universe was that goaltender interference on Nazem Kadri? We were snickering in the box last night, laughing. I go, that's a goal 100 times out of 100. 
what member of the Kraken coaching staff looked at that and said, you know what? That's goalie interference. That's we Let's challenge this. No idea. Not a clue. The, I like, it, it's funny because a lot of these times, like it's kind of ticky tack and you're like, well, I don't think that's goalie interference, but I've also been wrong in this situation before. That was one where I was like, I've never seen this overturned. Like there doesn't, I don't feel like there is any sort of precedent that's been set with this style of goal where it's a guy streaking down the wing with speed and then he gets his own rebound and buries it on an incredible, incredibly athletic play. Like, I'm sorry, Joey Decord was not going to make that save. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, that's the implication. Then he gets knocked and that stopped him from going over and make the save. And there was no way he was ever going to get that puck. So, yeah. Yeah. We were snickering about it. Unfortunately, and, and this is another issue that I had with yesterday, your power play doesn't come through. Well, and I was about to mention that that power play I think changed the whole game. Well, at least up to that point until the third period that you need better momentum from a power play that 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 it was flat. Oh, it was it was bad. It was flat. Like you you have an opportunity to really, you know, stomp on the crack in there after such a stupid gift power play off a challenge that was never going to get overturned and then the Flames don't make them pay. You don't even have to score. You just have to make sure that you can build a little more momentum because that's the thing we talk about all the time in hockey. When you have a power play, sometimes it can flip a game if the other team does a great job of a kill and then the momentum flips in a game. That's clearly what happened last night to the Flames after that. Well, and frankly, they had a power play just a few minutes before that as well that was also absolutely garbage. But then it was the the goal by uh, Zadorov shortly after that and you kind of forget about that was the a beautiful feed too. A, a, about the lackluster power play. Yeah, and then you get the then you get the next goal by Nazem Kadri, the challenge, the next power play, and another one that's just no good. And I think it builds momentum even more when you're a team like the Seattle Kraken, and you go into the game and you understand that you've got a bottom five power or penalty kill in the league up to this point. Like they were like sixty six percent on the kill going into yesterday. It was egregiously bad. And the Flames were one of the top 10 teams on the power play going into that game. So if you're Seattle, you're saying, A, going into the game, we can't take penalties because that'll end up hurting us. But then you take a couple penalties and you have outstanding kills. Like I think that even more so builds momentum for a group than when you have an excellent penalty kill and you just go out and you, you do the same standard stuff. Like, that's fine. But when your penalty kill is no good and it overperforms like that, that gets even more fired up. What were your thoughts on seeing Brett Ritchie on the second power play unit? Um, Similar to my thoughts on Michael Stone being out there in the last 90 seconds of the game. Like, it feels like there are other options. I've liked what Brett Ritchie has brought to the table so far early on. Um, and honestly, with the second unit, I didn't think it was it was the issue. And, and frankly, the first unit's the one that allowed the shorthanded goal against. And, mm-hmm. and the entries as a whole for both groups, like the re-entries after that initial clear for the opposition have been no good. That's one thing that they really have to start improving on. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's something I look at and feel like there's probably some other options to go to um, because, you know, your first unit is, is pretty standard right now with the four forwards being Caudry to Foley, Lindholm and Huberdo. You go with two defensemen on your second pair, which is typically Hannafin and Uyghur. Michael Stone gets out there every once in a while too. And then I, I just feel like you've got some other options ahead of Brent Ritchie. I wouldn't have gone to Brzezicka last night, but Michael Backlund's a guy who's been on a power play before Dylan Dubé and Andrew Mangiapane obviously uh, come to mind, kind of top of the list right there. Blake Coleman even, I, I I would ponder. Milan Lucic has spent a lot of time on the second unit power play here in Calgary before. So, yeah, he's been playing well, so I, I guess you reward the guy in that sense. But, yeah, it was a little perplexing to see him out there on the second unit. Like Grant, like I mentioned, that's not where the power play goes wrong, but it was something that I certainly noticed and maybe questioned a little bit. 
uh, we were all surprised when we saw the lines at practice a couple days ago when then they were implemented last night in that game. It's early in the season, and obviously you want to see what sticks. The Flames are the last team in the NHL to play their eighth game of the season. Right. They've played the least amount of games played of anybody else. You know how I'm a fan of how the schedule's done. Yeah, big time. In the NHL. Oh, huge fan. Big fan. Um, We know that that Kadri, Dubé, Manjapani line has been the best line of the Flames so far this season. I just don't understand why mix everything up. The team was 5-3 and three heading into last night's game against the Kraken, and I know the big talking point in this city was, well, that top line hasn't scored a 5-on-5 five five goal yet. Okay, but I thought the fourth line was chipping in. Uh, the third line, I don't think there's a better pair on this team when Backlund and Coleman play together. Like, the third line's been great. The second line's been the best line probably the entire season as a whole. I just don't understand why the mix-up now when it's early enough and you're still winning games. Uh, I, I feel like there's a few things like a, they were coming off the loss to the Oilers. So if you were ever going to like, I wonder if you want, if Daryl, the head coach wanted to maybe try a little bit of a shuffle to the lions prior, but you're winning. So switching up the lines doesn't necessarily make sense. So now you lose, you have a chance to get a different look. Like we've talked about, there's a lot of new guys in here. Why not get a different look at them and, and see how they play with the live bullets, not the preseason, and see some of these different looks? And in the end, I think it goes back to something that Brad Treliving said at the beginning of the season. Like they, Before the first game was played to the regular season, this was a team that had identified someone else to help out on the wing as a scorer in the top six would be ideal to add to this group. I think that when you switch up the lines and the combos come out the way that they did yesterday, and Milan Lucic is in a top six role, that just goes to reinforce the fact that maybe this is a group that is just one piece away in that top six. Like, what if you're able to bring one guy in and bump everybody else just one spot down on the roster. How much better would it be? I, th- I think that's that's eventually going to happen here. It's just who that guy is and what the price tag's going to be. And how soon does it happen? Right. But again, it's so early in the season, a lot mm-hmm. of teams think they're still in it. We know with three-point games that there's always these fake playoff races when teams believe that they have a shot when they really don't. Yep, but U.S. Thanksgiving is usually the barometer for a lot of teams to say, "Oh, this is when you know we're we're a real playoff contender. We're not. Maybe we'll be a seller here." All right, lots ahead on the Flames and Kraken in the Rose Report, but uh, you and I had a bit of an incident last night. Bit of an incident. So, uh, Patty Dumont, make sure uh, you weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Maddie's pr- essentially holding my hand around the dome last night. Maddie just zips around the dome, knows his way, knows it like the back of his hand, right? So Spend a lot of time there. Yeah, I know you do. And uh, Maddie's move uh, when he goes to watch a game is first two periods at the dome, mm-hmm. home for the third period, so we miss all the traffic. And you can get home before the end of the third inter- uh, second intermission. Perfect timing. I changed, turned on the TV, third period just started. I told you. I'm like, you magnificent son of a... That's what Maddie Rose does. But we had a bit of an incident last night on the way home. Well, there was two incidents. Let me just tell you about this. So uh, Maddie's like, oh, it was first intermission. Let's go talk to Steinberg and all the boys on the other side. No problem. So we do. And then who do we run into? Patty Dumont, the voice of the flames. Alan Beasley. Beasley. Right? So I'm like, hey. The man, the legend himself. Shake his hand. So what do I do right away? I go, hey. Would you would you would you like to come on the show? Segment ideas. Yeah, segment. And then you're like, no, but Maddie goes, Hey, George has a segment idea for you. And he's like, Oh, okay. And I go, Hey, would would you mind coming on the show and reading some angry Leafs, Canucks, or Oilers tweets? No. He's like, No, and then just walked away. <laughs> yeah, it's bees. He's like, No, and then just walked away. I felt like I was Andre Iguodala going up for a layup <laughs> in the 2016 NBA Finals in Game 7, and then he was LeBron coming wow. out of nowhere and just giving me a monster block. <laughs> that was me. I was Iguodala. I had my eyes wide open. I got all excited. Oh. I thought I was going to score an important bucket. I thought I was going to nail down an yep. awesome segment Listen. for the show, and then Beasley just came in like LeBron and said, nope, <laughs> boom. 
<laughs> and, and and not how he said no. It was no, and then just boom, yeah. walked away. Yeah, he's hey, quick like he that. was. He was on a beeline. You yeah. know that voice gets a lot of work in those games. Yeah. He was going for like a hot water and lemon. I would assume that's usually the play that he has during the intermission. So, and I understand the efficiency. Only eighteen minutes. We were just talking about that. You got to get where you need to be. But it was a hard like. Huh. No. See you. <laughs> but at the same time, I yeah. can appreciate how direct he was. Oh, why not? Yeah. Didn't no, I, I, just... I don't like when you beat around the bush yeah, and yeah. you're like, yeah, next time, next time. And we keep pushing it down the road and all yeah. that. It's just like, no, just rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. No is one of my favorite words in the English language. <laughs> there you go. No. Yeah. Yeah. I first love it. One, first one out of a lot of kids' no. mouths. No. no. Hard pass. No. Uh-uh. I thought I was going to score and then he just swooped in like LeBron <laughs> and I just ate it so that happened also do PA guys ever look like you imagine they're gonna look like um you know what he actually does he did he's a tall gentleman beautiful silver hair he's got a good chop yeah, right now. usually like a good. guy with a voice like that is like five one and shaped like a meatball I thought he was gonna be heftier little girthier not heftier but like girthier like broader shoulders. Can I say girth one more time? If you want. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. No, but he's a girth. He's a uh he, he he's a good looking gentleman. Yeah. Does but, a great job. But he also denied me like nobody's business. SWAT. No, thank you. <laughs> no. No. Nope. Boom. Be lined out. So that happened last night at the dome. And then we had an incident. Mm. And this incident is gonna give you, our listeners, an opportunity to win tickets today. <gasps> Wow. So, not so only, listen up. Yeah. Not only do we have Flames and Preds tickets for tomorrow night down at the Dome Lower Bowl, we also have a $100 gift card to Golf Town to give away. Ooh. So we're going to give away the Golf Town gift card on the text line 96960. You have to put your name and location to win. And then we'll take some callers at 830. This is all going to go down at 830. You'll have to call in. That's your chance to win Flames Preds tickets. So it's all going to stem from this incident that happened to Maddie and I last night. We got in the elevator, which is the way down. And Maddie, why don't you take over and tell us what happened? Yeah, we hop in the elevator. No problem. We're heading out to the parking lot after 40 minutes of play. And um, like a lot of teams in the NHL do, some of the coaches will watch from the press box and then at the intermission go down and discuss with the rest of the coaching staff face-to-face and go back up or whatever. The Flames do with Cale McLean. He does that for the first 40 minutes, and then he watches a third period on the bench. So we get in. There's a gentleman with a walkie-talkie in there or whatever, and we ask to go to the second level, the, the club level, where we want to get off the elevator right. and leave. And uh, so tell the, tell the elevator attendant... Uh, Club level, please. Yeah. And uh, and this gentleman in in the back with the walkie-talkie just go, oh, come on, I got to get down to the... I got to get down there. Yeah, I got to get downstairs. I, I got to get downstairs. Yeah, with, very terse. Yeah. Very like, direct. Like, he was perturbed that we had asked yes. to get off the elevator that we were all in, even though the, the yeah. next stop was going to be that floor. And, and you know, it's... I got to get a, downstairs. A 15-second delay, yeah. give or take. Very, no. he was, he was, he was, he was perturbed. He was, he was annoyed. And, and I felt bad for the elevator operator who had nothing to do with it. You just asked him politely, Hey, club level, please hits the button. I got to get downstairs. Yeah. He had, he had said nothing prior. We watched him get in the elevator. He yeah. hadn't said a word to anybody. No. And, uh, and I apologized to the guy. I said, sorry, dude. I, yeah, I don't know. And that stems from regret. Now, Maddie and I looked up who this individual was. Do you want to say his name? Not overly. Works for the Kraken in okay. their coaching department. Do you want to leave it that way? We don't want to say his name directly because he'll never be a guest on the show. No, he'll never be a guest on this show. No. 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 Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Do okay, we'll well, let's just leave it at a part of the Kraken coaching staff was a total Richard to mm-hmm. us last night. Yeah. And Maddie has a regret. Maddie's texting me after Patty Dumas. Should have yeah. said something to him. Because I'm the new guy, right? Yeah. I just put my head down. I'm smiling, shaking hands. Hey, welcome to Calgary. Everyone's super sweet to me. Maddie has this pit of rage in his stomach. Even on the way home, he's dropping me off at my place. And he's like, I should have said something to that guy. 
And now Maddie has. I should have said like it's gonna be like ten seconds, dude. Like, yeah. Or Matt- I, or I the one thing was I shouldn't have apologized. I shouldn't have said sorry. Right. I'm just him. I got in an elevator and I need to get off. Like, and the best part was, the floor that we got off on, there's a, a couple of girls who had a bunch of sweet treats that the elevator would have stopped anyways, yeah, and they, the they would have had to get on anyways, so it wouldn't have mattered in the end of things. Yeah. I was just like, did you need to say that? Like, did you really? Like, yeah. I, I understand that, especially in the role that he has, that his mm-hmm. department has been not good for the Kraken this year. In fact, it's been <laughs> league worst. But <laughs> it did. I'm just saying. Hey, we're not saying any names. We're not saying any names. But the guy was being a total, you know what? And now that opens up to you, our listeners. 960, 960 on the text line. Do you have a Phone regret? calls, lady. Do you have a one fun- of those times yeah, where you're a like... Funny- Please give us a funny regret story. Don't make it overly long. Like these happen in the bar all the time, right? Like yeah. you get in this busy bar, you go up and you're waiting for a drink and some guy cuts in front of you. And then the next morning you're like, I wish I had just said what, yeah. I, what I wanted to say. I wish yeah. I'd let that guy know. Right. Because he got away with something that I didn't appreciate. We, funny regret story. And let's not have stuff serious like, I regret picking up that bottle of Jack Daniels Man, when I was 18. We don't want to hear stuff oh. like that. We want to hear funny regret stories. Yeah, we... Wow, look at the... Good job, Alec. Like, uh, that was me. Oh, that was you. Yeah, oh, got okay. you. All right. Okay, good job. Do you want to hear my funny regret story yeah, too? Hit me, hit right me. now? Real quick. Real quick. Well, we, Not we real got, quick. I, we it's just a say, figure of speech. Okay, oh, sure. Um, My buddy Rob and I, we have this story, and it's something we talk about occasionally and we always just get Still really upset about it to this day so years ago we're in las vegas so we're like hey uh we're drinking all night it's it's early in the afternoon hey let's go downstairs grab something to eat so we end up getting ice cream okay hey let's get some ice cream go back to the room watch <laughs> nice. tv sneak in a nap and then we're gonna go after it again right because all my buddies there was like eight of us in las vegas right so we're going down we got our ice cream we're going back up all of a sudden we're like some guy goes hey and we hold the door for him. So this little man runs into the elevator, probably been about 5'1", even had, like, heels on to, like, be yeah, taller. The like, tall, like, tall yeah. boots? It's like, picture, like, Prince, the late great Prince, this type of shoes he wore. Yeah. But this guy would, had no charisma like Prince. Mm. So he runs into the elevator, and he's, like, uh, sprints into the elevator, and he goes, not bad for an old guy. I'd kick, I could probably kick both your asses right now. <laughs> So my buddy Rob and I look at each other while we're eating our ice cream, and we're like, we, we should destroy it. Like, we didn't even say a word. Like, we just looked at each other and go, we should just destroy this guy right if, now in the elevator. What if we just beat this guy up? We should just, he, my, I can just hold the guy's arm, and my buddy Rob's like 6'2". We should just hold his arms back and just beat the, you know what, out of this guy. Because he's being a total idiot. We hold the door for him. He sprints into the elevator and goes, not bad for an old guy. I could probably kick both your asses right now. I swear to God, we to this day, we talk <laughs> about it and go, we should have ended that guy. And in no way am I, am I saying you should go be violent. You should get into a fight. But in that instance, in that moment, we should have fed that guy a lot of knuckle sandwiches. Should have just jumped an old man in an elevator. Yeah. Ice cream and all. We're like, what did you just say? And then we should have just held him down and given him the beating of his life. But we didn't. And it's one of those things that you're like, I can't believe that happened. And we're sitting there looking at it. I don't even know what we had. We probably had like rainbow sherbet, which yeah. makes it even worse. <laughs> you're, you're just licking you're your rainbow sherbet while this little man in his heels are saying, kick both your asses. Like, it's just one of those moments in life where like, I wish I could jump into a time, forget, you know, whatever major moment in your life. We just say, I wish I could get into the DeLorean back into that Vegas hotel in that same instance and give that guy what he deserved. And I'm again, I am not for violence. No, I'm no, a no, peaceful no, no, man. But in that instance, violence was warranted, I think. Needed to at least show him, like, a little, like, kind of, like, just rough them up a little, like a little nerd circle or something. Sure. Just to show maybe him. Maybe a noogie. Yeah. Hey, maybe put him in a headlock in a little yeah, noogie. Yeah, that hey, would uh, be... Don't talk, don't talk smack, bro, yeah, yeah. in a little noogie. Yeah, just ne- like next last time night, I'll give you a swirly, pal. Yeah, that's right. Last night, you should have said something. Yeah, I should have said, it'll be 15 extra seconds, sir. 
And now you have to and live now, with that regret. And that's not even the best I could come up with. But uh, now I'm getting all flustered even thinking about it. Because now you have to live with that regret the rest of your life. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. That Seattle Kraken coach who helps with a specific position on the team was a bit of a you-know-what last night. Bit of us. a, yep. And honestly... Um, and not only you, he was being, uh, you know what, to the elevator operator. But you know what? He probably had a good point because the thing is, the department that he looks over did allow two goals in the first two minutes, that third period. Okay. So if he had had that extra 30 seconds... Right. But we're not saying any names. No. So we want to hear your funny regret stories. 960, 960, name and location. And we're giving away Flames and Preds tickets for tomorrow night down at the Dome, Lower Bowl. You'll have to call in for those, and we want to hear your funny regret stories. Don't make them overly long. We just want to have some laughs after that very sour 5-4 Flames last night to the Kraken. It's Wednesday. It's snowing. Be careful out there. Flames blew a two-goal lead in the third period. We want to have some fun today. Funny regret stories. Regrets are always fun because we always have... There's only... people, People who say, I have no regrets in my life, don't trust them. Did you did you think about it when you were lying in bed last night? I tried not to. No, nope. but you did. I I did. Yeah, I, I I tried to flush it, but it bothered me even this morning. Okay, nine sixty nine sixty name and location on the text line. We'll give away a hundred dollar gift card to somebody on the text line, and your chance to win Flames and Preds tickets if you call in later. All right, the Rose Report straight ahead. More on the Flames five four loss to the Kraken, and the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, at the top of the hour. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's Wednesday. Good morning. It's a messy one out there. Be careful. Take your time. Sloppish. Back your patience. Pack my patience. I'm going to pack my peace. How about that? What What, what now? Um, Give you a piece of my mind. Okay, good. Dave Dickinson, the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders at the top of the hour. Playoff game this weekend. Yes, hey sir. Flames, BC Lions in British Columbia. Not the Flames. Nope. Stamps. Did I say Flames? Yeah. Okay. Well, you call me out on those things. No regrets. You know, I, you know I'm a mediocre broadcaster, <laughs> so make sure you call me out right away when I make mistakes like that. Like how I called 660 Atlas Pizza when it's 6060. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you call me out on that. 6060. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 6060. We'll do that later when Dave Dickinson's on. You bet. My bang up read of the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar. It's it's so good. It is. It's It's really good. Quite spectacular. Uh, We're already getting great uh, regret stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your regret story. Uh, 960, 960 name and location on the text line. Uh, Your chance to win a $100 gift card from Golf Town. Uh, Maddie and I ran into a coaching staff member of the Seattle Kraken on the way down the elevator in the second intermission. And uh, the guy was a bit of a Richard. So uh, Maddie regrets not saying something to him. I regret apologizing. Yeah. Maddie. I, I was meek. Yeah, you were. You were. And now you, you're really upset about it. Yeah. And we want to hear your fun. And please make it fun regret story. Yeah. Yeah, like we, guy, don't, we, we don't already feel... we already got a text like I regret my ex wife Kyle from Swift Current. Thank you, Kyle. Um, womp womp. Yeah, yeah, we all have those regrets, but I mean a fun regret story. <laughs> like Maddie regrets not saying, "Hey, relax." It's like fifteen seconds to now, get down. If he's like my ex wife is like a supermodel and I left her, that's a regret. Okay, unless you know you think that's Tom Brady. Posing as Kyle and Swift Current. <laughs> Poses Kyle and Swift Current. Yeah. Listening to Sportsnet 960 yeah. in Calgary. Like, why All the way he? from Florida. Like, t- Brady's like, man, I can't believe they blew a two-goal lead in the third period. Man, I got to listen to a sports station that isn't talking about my demise. Uh, let's, uh, well, I don't I don't think he's done, but uh, it's, uh, let's do the Rose Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. Well, they'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. And a happy hump day to y'all, friends. Halfway there. Just keep on pushing. Plenty to dive into on our morning report, including a Flames game against the Kraken. Came out hot in the third, got two fast goals, and, I mean, we blew a lid after. That's how simple it is. 
That was just one of a dozen games on the schedule, including four of the other Canadian clubs. The World Series saw Game 3 in Philly. And the Phillies <laughs> are going to lead it! Yeah, they are. The NFL trade deadline was yesterday. Trade me right and the Raptors are back in action tonight, plus a handful of local notes for you, too. So let's get into it, and we will begin with the Flames. Release the Kraken. It was the Kraken in town, off to a better start this year, slightly. 4-4-2 and two entering action. Didn't record their 10th point of the season until Game 18 last year, so that's certainly a positive for them. Their power play, good, 27%. Their PK, awful, at 66%. Worst of all, the goaltending, despite allowing the second lowest amounts of shots on goal, poor game. Their team save percentage is an NHL worst, 870. Joey Decord got the start for the Kraken against Dan Vladar for the Flames. Vladar's first start since October 15th in Edmonton, although he did play against the Sabres uh, about two periods of relief action as well. Different lines for the Flames, same pairs but different lines. Adam Rzichka made his season debut in the place of Kevin Rooney. Here's how the lines look. Huberto was with Kadri and Mangiapane to start. We did say Dubé and Mangiapane swapped later on in the game. Lindholm was with Toffoli and Lucic. Michael Backlund played with Blake Coleman, Dylan Dubé, and then Rizicka centered a line with Trevor Lewis and Brett Ritchie. In the first period, the Flames did have trouble getting their game going. Some trepidation maybe with some of the new lines. There wasn't a ton of juice in the building. The Kraken just play a suffocating game where they minimize odd man rushes. They're dedicated on the back check. Limits time and space off the rush, and eventually that style can force a mistake. And that's what happened in transition as the Kraken got on the board first. And Burakovsky will catch up to it, carry it across the red line. And now the Flames blue line and drop. Susie steps in and shoots and scores. Nobody picks up the third man on the rush. The fourth line allows a goal against only goal for the frame as Calgary left the first trailing by one. We did have a Zadorov and Alexiak uh, fight, kind of, as well, maybe. Hmm? Yeah, uh, definitely. They both sat for five. Yeah, unanimous decision uh, to Alexiak. But again, credit Zadorov for fighting a guy who who knows how to throw him. And it, it did get a little more juice into the building. Yep. And Daryl talked about how they needed a little more juice in that building. And you remarked that the crowd maybe was a little smaller than it usually is for a Flames game last night. I did feel like it was maybe the most slight that I had seen this year. But, you know, Kraken, Tuesday night. Snowy. Snowy. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, second period came along. Uh, we did have that fight from Zadorov earlier on, and he'd find Twine. Get this one all tied up. Moves the puck to Lindholm. Lindholm puts it right wing side. Tafoli steps in and centers. Zadorov scores! Nikita Zadorov walks through the back door, and he buries it. And it was earlier in the play. You don't hear it on the call, but Dan Vladar knocks the puck down behind the net. Springs the rush. Flames go through the neutral zone with speed. Toffoli to Zadorov. No mistake on the shot. And the Flames tied the game just like that. A real nice feed by Toffoli. And then, less than two minutes later, the Flames would take the lead. Cuts to the net. Tries to shoot. And now scores! Nazem Kadri lost the puck, found the puck, and put it right in the Kraken net. Beautiful goal. Uh... Just an incredible individual effort. And it all started with Dan Vladar playing the puck mm -hmm. behind the net. Yep. Something that bit the flames on Saturday night against the Oilers. But it was the catalyst to that Kadri goal. And for some reason, the Kraken actually challenged that goal. They did. Which was probably one of the stupidest. I'm, I'm not I'm not over-exaggerating. I just, I've never, I had no idea why they would challenge it. I don't know in what world that was goalie interference. And I don't even understand who the video coach is for the Kraken who said you should challenge that because that was a horrendous call. Horrendous. Uh, no precedent for that play to ever be taken off the board. So the Kraken went to the kill, but the kill was very good for Seattle. It arguably built more momentum for the Kraken than it did for the Flames. Things seemed to be in a holding pattern for Calgary until he... Turnover in the neutral zone led to an odd man rush against Zadorov. Kind of bobbles the puck. He stumbles. Geeky takes a pass from Alexiak and buries it on a two-on-one. That tied the game before the end of the second. But in the third, a great start for Red. Here's Defolia shot. He scores! Elias Lindholm wins the faceoff. Right to Tyler Defoley, who fires the puck past Joey Decord. And now here comes Lewis with a shot. He scores! Just seconds after Tyler Toffoli gives the Flames a 3-2 lead. Trevor Lewis rips the puck past 
Joey Decord. Tyler Toffoli off a face-off win by Elias Lindholm. Trevor Lewis off a really nice forecheck by the fourth line with Brett Ritchie. And uh, Adam Rizicka, a nice face-off win by Rizicka for that play as well. So the Flames jumped out to a 4-2 lead just a couple minutes into the third period. But then the penalties struck, both avoidable. First a holding call against Jonathan Huberto, then an interference call against Brett Ritchie. Wenberg in front, Sprong scores! Alex Wenberg finds Daniel Sprong, who one-times the puck past Dan Vladar. Power play's running at 27%. You don't want to give them extra chances, and that's exactly what the Flames did with Daniel Sprong getting the goal there. Allowed the Kraken to build a little bit of momentum. Things did look to turn for Calgary as they went to the power play just after the midway point of the period, but the Kraken penalty kill coming through. Gives it to Huberto, returns the puck to Anderson. They bump it back to Kadri, who turns it over to Gord. Gord walks in, Deeks shoots and scores. Yanni Gord. Backhand to forehand, beats Dan Vladar. And people will point at Nazem Kadri with the turnover to Gord there and then allowing the breakaway goal. But frankly, Huberto doesn't make a great play in the neutral zone. Anderson kind of handcuffs Kadri by giving him the pass and not really giving him a place to go. And then Kadri tries to make a play, turns it over to Gord. A cavalcade of errors. You don't get a save from Dan Vladar. And boom, tie game on the shorthanded goal. A mess in the neutral zone. Flames on their heels. Not good. Zeverly takes the puck out of his feet, walks in with Beneers, centers it, Beneers shoots and scores. Matty Beneers with the game winner. That made it 5-4 to four as Anderson pinches. Lucic can't keep the puck in at the line. Springs a 4-on-1. Beneers eventually buries the nice feed from Eberle, Eberle over a sprawling Dan Vladar, and that would be Curtains. The Flames did pull the goalie, but couldn't even get into the offensive zone. 5-4 loss, back-to-back, third-period leads blown. Calgary only did that once last season, but not necessarily bothering the head coach. Yeah, we've come from behind. Well, in the first eight games, what, we've been down 2 nothing twice, down one nothing, up 2, so maybe it's the year. Last night was frustrating for obvious reasons, and we know there was a new lineup, but how much is Huberto fighting it right now? How much is he pressing to make a, a, a bigger impact on what's going on with this team? I think he's pressing a lot. I wonder if he's more banged up than he's showing from whatever happened in that game against Edmonton where he had to leave the game for a bowel movement. I wonder. I get some questions. But we'll see. Like, they changed up that top line midway through the game as well. They put Dubé up there instead of Mangiapane. They're trying to find something right now. Yeah. But just haven't found anything that's really clicked. I just I just don't understand the rationale. When the team is playing really well, you mix up the lineup. Because clearly the first period last night, everyone was struggling playing together mm-hmm. for the first time this season. When it mattered. They did. But I also, like like we talked about in the first segment, I understand trying to give yourself some new lines. You did lose to the Oilers. I, I'm very intrigued to see what they look like come the Nashville game. Do we get a third look? Do we get this look? Do we go back to the original? It'll be intriguing. Is Milan Lucic on the second line tomorrow night against the Predators? I honestly could probably flip a coin. Okay. Was probably that close. Next game is Thursday against the Preds. That'll be the seventh game of an eight game on this long homestand. Uh, that'll wrap up Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. Other games on the NHL slate last night, 11, including the Oilers hosting those same Predators that I was just mentioning. How about three goals in under four minutes in the first period? Put the Preds on their heels. As the Oilers held a 5-1 lead early in the second, they win it 7-4. Ho-hum, another five points for Dreisaitl, four points for McDavid, including two goals and a hat-trick. Uh, pardon me, two goals and two assists, a hat-trick for Evander Kane as well. Out on the West Coast, the Canucks were hosting the Devils, who are also going to come through Calgary Saturday night. Canucks were in their reverse retros, which are very nice uniforms, but a very bad performance on the ice. 3 nothing, And they, they take go. the puck away. It's a 2-on-1, shorthanded Sharon Govich across the line. In front, they score! He finds Dawson Mercer, and it's 3 nothing. Shorthanded goal for Dawson Mercer. Did you see what the Devils did last night to Joey Canuck? No, I didn't. Hold on, let me let me show Flip you. Flip the screen here. Look what they did. Oh, they gave him a big old L instead oh. of a hockey stick. That feels I like, like that kind of stuff. Feels like uh, yeah, salt in the wound. Uh, 
seven and three. The final score: the Canucks are, two, or pardon me, the Devils win it five to three, and they are seven and three on the year. The Canucks are two six and two. The Canadiens were on the road battling the Wild. Habs looking for a third straight win, but they would fall by a four to two score. Kirill Kaprizov with a couple of goals, including one on the power play. Last Canadian team in action was the Senators down in Tampa to face the Bolts. Strangely, a bit of a key Atlantic Division matchup early on. Sens four and four, Bolts five and four entering this game. Nikita Kucherov entered action with points in all but one game this season, and his best performance came on Tuesday. Hale gets checked, point follows up. Left circle, Sergachev. For Kucherov, score! Kucherov! 4-3 Lightning with 2.30 left. It was game 11 of the season. You gotta love his energy. Game winner and two assists for Kucherov. And, And thank you to the texter. I know I called him Joey Canuck instead of Johnny. I know. Joey Decord. It's in my head. I apologize. Lightning beat the Senators four to three. Gold the Knights on the road to battle the Capitals. Jack Eichel off to a great start. Set up the overtime winner in this one. He had a goal and an assist. He's got 12 points in 11 games to start the season. Bruins and Penguins in Pittsburgh. Two teams on opposite trajectories. The Bruins looking for a sixth straight win. The Penguins trying to avoid a fifth straight loss. The Penguins had a three goal lead. They lost the game in overtime. Five straight losses for Pittsburgh, six straight wins for Boston. Boston looks good. Like having Krejci and Bergeron kind of last dance kind of feel around the Boston Bruins. They look good so far. Four points for Hampus Lindholm. That was a beauty overtime winner too. End to end and then just grip it, rip it, pick a corner, bingo. Kings fall to the Stars 5-2. Rangers shut out the Flyers 1-0. That's an overtime finish. Islanders over the Blackhawks 3-1. Casey Sezikis ran over Alex Stalock in this game. Sezikis got tossed. Stalock left with injury. Panthers hand the Coyotes their first win at Mullet Arena. 41 of 42 saves for Karel Vizmelka, the uh, Frappuccino himself, as the Yotes win that one 3-1. And the Ducks bested the Sharks 5-4 in a shootout. An egregious own goal in this game. That is a good goaltender. He's not bad. 26 you know, he years. Is, he's good. He, yeah, he, yeah. he catches the wrong way. He's he's a, he's a really solid goaltender. Him, Francois, Logan Thompson. Catch the wrong way. Yep. Very strange. Tonight's slate, only two games, George. The Reeling Leafs host the Flyers at five, and the Penguins conclude a back-to-back. They're in Buffalo to battle the extremely good Buffalo Sabres at 530. Mm, feeling a Sabres puck line on that one. Oh. Oh. A little <laughs> saucy oh, George. On puck line. Some news from yesterday, injury-wise. Uh, Devils forward Andre Palat, groin surgery. Still feels weird to say that he's a devil's forward with Palat, but the timeline to be decided. The Capitals announced that Connor Brown had surgery to reconstruct a torn ACL in his right knee. He's going to miss six to eight months, which you hate oh. to see because he's also a pending free agent. So hopefully he does get another contract. Switch to the NFL. No games, but we did have the trade deadline on Tuesday. We have a trade to announce. A record 10 trades made ahead of the deadline. Pretty wild for the NFL. Let's dive in. I'm going to throw all these at you. Rapid fire a couple of thoughts, okay? Okay. Calvin Ridley traded from the Falcons to the Jaguars. He's going to be suspended for the rest of this season for gambling on games in 2021, but a future move for the Jags. We don't know what compensation is going to be. It's going to be dependent on playing time. Love it. Number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence to throw it to. Compliment Christian Kirk. Love what they're doing in Jacksonville. Surrounding Trevor Lawrence with some playmakers, but already looking towards next season. The Dolphins got linebacker Bradley Chubb from the Broncos. Did cost them a first-round pick uh, as well as some other assets, but that's a big add. Yeah, the Laramie Tunsil trade is the gift that keeps on giving for the Miami Dolphins. And again, I, you got to love a pass rusher because the Dolphins want to be that team. That's how you win in the NFL. Explosive passing game, get to the quarterback. Love the Bradley Chubb move to the Miami Dolphins. Canadian receiver Chase Claypool on the move, dealt from the Steelers to the Bears for a second-round pick. Yeah, weird what the Bears are doing, trading their best player, Roquan Smith, and then all of a sudden adding a, a, a decent weapon. For Justin yeah, Fields. Well, yeah, I know. Him and Darnell Mooney. Sure. That was a meh yeah. trade to me. Vikings got a big tight end, TJ Hawkinson from the Lions. Lions got a second and a third round pick uh, in that deal as yeah, well. Yeah, I have no idea what the Lions are doing. You trade one of the best catchers on your team, TJ Hawkinson, to a division rival, and this is the second trade the Vikings and Lions have done. What the hell happened to division sanctity? You love that one, Patty Dumas? Nope. Also saw Naheem Himes <laughs> traded from the Colts to the Buffalo Bills. Finally, a pass catching back for the Buffalo Bills. I really like this move. Yeah, is he Devin Singletary? Well, no, but he's going to be a great third down back for the Buffalo Bills. 
like that move too for Buffalo. World Series in Philadelphia as we switch it up really quickly before we get to Dave Dickinson here. It was game three. They were postponed by rain on Monday with the Phillies and Astros splitting games one and two down in Houston. Lance McCullers Jr. got the start for the Strohs. Phillies opted for Ranger Suarez instead of Noah Syndergaard. And honestly, maybe Houston should have called an audible too. And McCullers kicks and comes home. The pitch swung on. Hit this. Right field. And the Phillies are going to lead it. Yeah, they are. Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top with a two-run home run over the out-of-town scoreboard. Two-run shot for Bryce Harper in the bottom of the first to call on WBI in Philly. That came in the bottom of the first inning. They would add two more in the second. And honestly, that'd pretty much be it. Five home runs given up by Lance McCullers Jr. as uh, the Astros win this game 7-0. They have a 2-1 to lead in the World Series. Games 4 and 5 still to be in Philadelphia. Mm. Tonight, game 4, first pitch just after 6. It'll be Christian Javier getting the ball for the Strohs. The Phillies are going to send Aaron Nola to the bump. Uh, you know what? This could really work out for the Phillies that we had that rain, the rain out in game three. Yeah. So they could bump Syndergaard down because all of a sudden you got Nola. You have a potential to go up 3-1. And that Bryce Harper home run last night set the tone. Again, big monster home run. All of a sudden that Philadelphia crowd going crazy. And Adnan Verk talked about it yesterday. Really, it's just over 50% home field in baseball. But that crowd in Philadelphia is it's, electric it's different, right? right? Like, when they're out there doing their thing, it's... And it's Philadelphia. Like, those fans are insane. And you can just feel the energy in that ballpark. And again, it goes back to what I was talking about yesterday. If you're just the hottest team in baseball heading into the postseason, you can win the whole damn thing. And we're seeing that with the Phillies right now. Uh, Just uh, how about this? The crowd at Citizens Bank Park registered his seismic activity twice in Philadelphia. The Bryce Harper and the uh, Boehm home run... Uh, that came in the second, registered on the Penn State University Brandywine Seismograph Station. The city was physically shaking. That's awesome. We love to see it. Philly is a great sports town. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, the Raptors back in action tonight. They play the Spurs at 6. What are you looking for in this game tonight here, Georgie? Uh, More of Pascal Siakam making a case to be the MVP this season. He's been good. He's been fantastic early on this year. And a couple of stamps notes. Uh, Sean Lemon nominated for most outstanding defensive player for the West. Uh, the defensive end had five forced fumbles and 14 sacks, a 34 years old uh, career year for him. Uh, the stamps also swept the weekly awards with quarterback Tommy Stevens, running back Dedrick Mills, and defensive end Isaac Adeyemi Berglund, all honored. And finally, if you're feeling a little local hockey this evening, uh, despite the Flames being off, the Dome will see the Wranglers host the Tucson Roadrunners. That's the AHL affiliate of the Coyotes at 7. And also at 7, the Hitmen play host to the Victoria Royals. That one's going to be out at 7 Chiefs Arena. Tickets still available for both. We'll have the Hitmen game here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, great job, Maddie. And their morning report is brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations, BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, will join us. And we want to hear, Maddie has a regret from last night's game, not saying something to a specific member of the Kraken coaching staff in the elevator. What's your fun regret, 960-960 name and location, to win a $100 gift card? from Golf Town, and your chance to win Flames and Preds tickets at 8.30, but you got to call in for those. We want to hear fun regrets. Fun regrets, please. 960-960, name and location. Two hours to go. Big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.